0: Storia to the Rockaways it's time for the Queens New Yorker and here is the man giving you all the info your Uber Snazzy and Jazzy host Mr.
1: Jason Gakania.
0: Oh, what a group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. And thank you so much for joining us here on another edition of the Queens, New Yorker, right here on YouTube. Oh, you are so kind, and thank you again for that wonderful welcome. Uh, we are just grateful that you are here to join us today because this is part two of uh, our uh, look at the Udall's Cove. And uh, we are – it's going to be a good one, I can tell you that. And uh, I can't wait for when we go to uh, uh, the stats and everything because, folks, you are just giving us great statistics all around. And, well, you know, I I must say that it's uh, one of those things that just – You've, you've proven to us once again That this group page Or this YouTube channel is doing fantastic And uh, So we've got a lot Hope you had a great weekend Today is Tuesday, March 10th, 2020 This is episode 62 For all of those who are uh, Keeping track here And uh, I made a new page For the what I'm going to call Comments, stats, and subs Yes Comments, stats, uh, stats, and subs, and give you all of that right now. As we, before we move into uh, the uh, second part of Udall's Cove, let's look at um, statistics right now. Uh, this past Saturday's first part of Udall's Cove, episode sixty-one, on March seventh, is still going. Right now, the episode has forty-four views. 22 comments, 7 likes, and 3 dislikes. Hey, the likes, as long as the likes are outlasting the dislikes, I'm happy. But, you know, it's all engagement. And even those who don't like my channel or don't like what I have to say or content, it's still engagement and you lose either way. So (laughs) you might as well either not bother commenting or not viewing. That's how you would hurt me if this was going to happen, but I can rest assured you when you make positive comments, the results are in. Okay? And then um, on uh, March 5th, you had uh, the Huppenhausen building. 28 views, 10 comments, 3 likes, and 2 dislikes. So... You guys are putting double-digit views up there. And between Alley Pond Park and the first part of Udall's Cove, it's a tie, 44 piece. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, right now, overall total, 2,820 views, 429 subscribers total. Uh, give yourselves a round of applause for it. You got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Very, very nice. I mean, it shows. (laughs) It really does show. I want to read you um, a few comments because the community is speaking out really well. And I'm very happy to say that one of my uh, subscribers who just subscribed, I think yesterday, Andy Appleseed, I'm giving you a shout out, my friend, says, loving this channel, super cool intro, New York in the building, I'm from Queens, I'm tuned in. And I said, well, which part of Queens are you from? (laughs) So hopefully, Andy Appleseed, you get back with a great answer and wherever you are in Queens. We know, I know I'm going to be able to touch base with you on something. So, for all intents purposes, you know, that's great. Oh, I got another comment came in. Oh. And, wow. And I'm going to give out a shout out to, to China, keeping up with China. She says, I, I just friended you. Look at my channel. Oh, Cool. Well, I will China. Definitely. Yes. So that's good. Yeah, if you want to check out Keeping Up With China, uh she's got over well over three thousand subscribers. Wow. I mean her channel's doing fantastic. That's terrific. Congratulations. Keep going. And uh we will definitely look for it. And if you're a small YouTuber out there like I am still, go to these um Small YouTubers must watch videos and sub swap with people because that's how you're going to get your views, your subs up, your views up, your watch time up, and we'll all be monetized and it should be fun. So I gave two shout outs today. Very good. And uh, I will continue to do that. So yeah, very nice. And I'm going to thumbs up that comment and heart it. Anytime I give uh, anytime somebody gives me a positive comment, folks, you're going to get a heart from me. And when you get a heart, well, the rest is history. All right. Now, let's go ahead and finish up part two of Udall's Cove. We have a lot more to cover here. So let's do it. Now, we left off where uh, we, fi- we finished up with the, Cove, the Udall's Cove Preservation Committee, the Development and Man-Made Threats. And the the wildlife preserve park. Now we're going to talk about the significant plant animal life and the importance of Udall's Cove. Now, according to John W. Kaminsky in his letter, Audubon Magazine, found at the Queensborough Public Library's collection, the wetlands of Udall's Cove were described as not only the natural habitat of muskrats, egrets, and the great blue heron, they are also part of the complex biological system which ensures human survival now he further explains that the unique elements found within salt marshes like those in Udal's cove little nate little neck bay provide astonishing amounts of nutrients which sustain a diversity of marine plants and animals that populate such this area furthermore he states that as each acre of marsh is lost or depleted the more likely commercial and fishery resources will decline and become more scarce. In John Toscano's article, Planners Expected to Approve a Wetland Park, Aurora Garris, who of course is founded Udal's Cove, stated that Udal's Cove was still full of fish and wildlife, which must be preserved and defended against further development and thus from further destruction. She also described this marshland as both a tidal marsh and part of the cradle of life. In a letter to Aurora Garris, Robert C. Murphy described how only 65% of the Long Island salt marsh remained and could not be allowed to disappear. Another resource, a newspaper entitled "Revolution Stand Up for Swamp, states how William Brooks, a teacher at Elmont High School, denotes that the marsh feeds 20,000 ducks of Little Neck Bay and that a person can witness the movements of egrets, herons, Canada geese, marsh wrens, pheasants, possums, and other such animals on a quiet afternoon. The marshes of Udall's Cove also serve and are considered to be a natural erosion control and hurricane and storm buffer for the mainland. And now we go to Plans for Preservation and Conservation. In Charlotte Ames' 1970 article, Queen's Utes have made it their responsibility to understand the beauty and usefulness of Udall's Cove and alerted residents within Douglaston and Great Neck Estates to the urgency of saving this natural marshland. In order to save the marshland, two solutions have been proposed. Number one, the Urban Ecology Club at Luis Pastor Junior High School in Little Neck, distributed flyers explaining to Queens residents that the marshlands must be protected and why. These flyers emphasized and detailed that 500 million pounds of the nation's food fish are sustained by the food resources of tidal marshes like those of Udall's Cove. Second, Kevin Wolf, who's a 16-year-old, persuaded an unidentified adult to buy $900 worth of Great Neck Estates by the Great Neck Estates Marshland Preservation Committee. There were approximately twelve hundred copies, forty pages of photographs and articles that were distributed. Each of these articles and photographs detailed the significance of the marshes and plead that those remaining must not be destroyed. Mrs. Aurora Garris, president of Udal's Cove Preservation Committee, knowing full well the significance of both the marshlands and its inhabitants, declared we believe this precious remaining cove, with its uplanded marshes, its freshwater streams, and its fine springs of wildlife, should be saved in its natural state for our present and future generations. In his letter to Mrs. Garris, Attorney General Louis Lefkowitz stated that he was recommending to the legislative bills in order to place all jurisdiction over wetlands in the state departments of environmental conservation to prevent further dredging and filling by municipalities. He also proposed bills which would forbid airports from extending into wetland areas to require a state permit for dredging or placing fill in wetlands and to establish district environmental boards with authority to restrict construction or development with adverse environmental consequences. In his article, Robert Clairborne states how there have been a few small successes in the battle to block the wholesale destruction of the wetlands. One such success was how a Douglaston area citizens group marched with hundreds of supporters in February of 1971 to the marshes of Udall's Cove in Little Neck Bay. They succeeded in saving 100 acres of the cove from being converted into a golf course and a parking lot. Well, back in 72, Queensborough President Maines asked the City Planning Commission to approve the creation of a 30-acre wetland park in the douglaston Little Neck area. This project included Udall's Cove, and during a public hearing, two speakers favored this proposal. The park was to consist of an irregular track bounded by the Long Island Railroad tracks, Douglas Road, or Bayshore Boulevard, Little Neck Parkway, and Little Neck Bay. Now, President Maines explained, how this park would serve as a natural park which excluded ball fields and playgrounds and it would protect the last marshland in Queens outside of Jamaica Bay. Claire Schulman, chairman of Community Planning Board 2, told the planners that her board had already unanimously approved the park and urged for quick for quick adoption of the proposal. In August of 1973, the Tri-State Regional Planning Commission published, issued a report stating that the ravine in Udall's Cove must be preserved because of its ecological importance in maintaining the freshwater and nutrient inputs to Udall's Cove and Little Neck Bay. It serves as a watershed for the Douglaston Little Neck area. Malcolm Wilson, in hopes of arousing support and conserving the environment, sent Aurora Garris a letter on which the envelope covered was inscribed, Preserve the Environment. In his letter to Aurora Garris, Martin Lang described man as greedy and ignorant and how uh, valiant voices like that of Mrs. Garris tried to protect man from himself. He described how those in the city were developing a weapon for the purpose of managing our waters. Under Section 208 of Public Law 92-500, Lang and his colleagues were awarded an $8.1 million grant from the federal EPA for the preparation of an area-wide waste management plan. And that's going to do it for part two of Uldall's Cove. Stay tuned for Thursday's episode 63, where we will conclude Uldall's Cove right here on the Queens, New Yorker. I'm Jason DeCanio. Have a great day, and remember, be honest, be real, and keep it simple, stupid kiss, and don't settle, and don't be a nut monkey. Be something better. Be real, because you deserve every bit of it. Have a great day. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye-bye. You have been watching The Queen's New Yorker, This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCannio
1: internet presentation. Thank you for your support. Thank mm-hmm. you. I'm going